I'm Rebecca. I'm Sarah. And I'm Allie, and you're listening to Desk Chair Detectives. I don't know how you guys are going to take this one. <laughs> I'm so excited. I know. I hear it. You've been hyping it up. The suspense is killing me. I don't know if it's, I don't know if it's good. <laughs> I, went, <laughs> I went the more like creepy, spooky route, and so like it's not like based in fact, like you know, the cases we usually do. So like you kind of have to like take it with a grain of salt. Like it could have happened or it could not have happened. It's all based on like how you did the uh the ghost one. Like oh, the spooky the, road. The road you shade the death road, yeah. 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 So it could it could vary. <laughs> well we love a good spooky tale. Yeah, yeah. I'm excited. Yeah, like I always wanted to get into like like ghost stories and stuff more, but I feel like that's so hard because you have to do a lot of research. But this one. I didn't have to do too much, so it wasn't it wasn't too bad. I found a lot. Is it from personal experience? Are you making this up as you go along? Yeah, this is actually um, a personal ghost story of the gnome that lives in the creek in my backyard. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. Okay, so this is something totally different. Like I said, something a lot of people would think, okay, unbelievable, right? Do you guys want to take a guess out of all those hints that I just gave you? Like, what kind of story you think you're getting? <laughs> is this area like 21? Is this like aliens? Yes, it's aliens. <laughs> I'm so good. <laughs> it's aliens. <laughs> yes. I'm not going to sleep tonight. Aliens freak me out. <laughs> yeah, I told my mom in the car. I was like, I don't know if it's like a good one. She's like, oh boy oh boy I was like why it's not good and she's like I think it's gonna make me scared <laughs> yeah ever since I saw that signs movie oh yeah well no I yeah. got freaked out and that then like a... our friends Allie Camille they're real into alien stuff and some of the things they tell me I do not like yeah you need to hear those these stories in broad daylight and then back it up with like a couple Disney movies before you yeah. go to bed. <laughs> we have Encanto ready to go yeah. after this. Yeah. Um, so I am going to tell you about the abduction of Betty and Barney Hill. <gasps> mm-hmm. Betty and Barney, huh? I know. They were Isn't meant what? to be. Wait, were they brother and sister? No. Okay, no, they're good. a married couple. They're a married couple. Well, <laughs> the parts of this country, you can still ask I know, the that's same true. question. That's yeah. true. They're from the East Coast, okay. up north. So okay. I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> what you're saying is aliens are close by. They're close and they're watching. <laughs> I don't know. You don't hear from me after this episode. You know why. <laughs> okay. So obviously you take it with a grain of salt. Like it could be very real. It could be not based in fact at all, but I just thought it was really interesting how their story kind of influenced the alien phenomena after like yeah. the obsession the country had. So Betty and Barney, oh, sorry, Bell. <laughs> so Barney and Betty Hill led very busy lives. Betty was a social worker who handled child wealth welfare cases and Barney was a postal worker who frequently drove 60 miles a day and worked the night shift. Betty and Barney were an interracial couple before those unions were fully accepted because this took place in the 60s. 
Um, so they were obviously very passionate about the advancements in the civil rights movement at this time too. They were both members of the NAACP and volunteered at their church as often as time allowed. So after deciding to take a break to lead their, uh, take a break from their busy lives, they headed <laughs> on a belated honeymoon to Niagara Falls. They'd been married about a year and were never quite able to get away from their busy lives before this time, I guess. Okay, so September, 1961. After a three-day trip to Canada, Barney and Betty left a diner in Vermont around 10 p.m. Their goal was to make it back home by 2 a.m. As they drove through the White Mountains of New Hampshire, Betty began to notice something. She said that she saw a bright light in the sky that moved below the moon and Jupiter and upwards towards the west of the moon. Nope. <laughs> As they continued their drive, Betty reasoned with herself that it must be some abnormal falling star. Barney didn't think much of the light at first. He was a World War II veteran and a plane enthusiast. He believed the light wouldn't be a commercial flight or a helicopter since it was really quiet and late at night. So he also chalked it up to being like some sort of shooting star or falling star. However, over time, the couple began to realize that the object looked as though it was following them and was flying around erratically. It was also getting bigger and brighter. At times it would move behind trees or disappear, but would reappear soon after. After some time, Betty urged Barney to pull over so they could investigate further. The couple decided to stop at a picnic area on their route to check out the light and to walk their dog. Once they got out of their car, Betty took binoculars. <laughs> that she, I guess everyone just, just had on hand. Had, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Put them in the glove box. Right, maybe that was a thing back then. Well, I guess they did go to Niagara Falls and they were driving. Yeah, so maybe that makes sense. like a nature trip. Yeah, that makes sure, sense. Sure, sure. Yeah. <laughs> you have them. You sure. have them on hand for sure. If someone with them out now, I'd be concerned. <laughs> Their names are Betty and Barney. If they don't have binoculars, I'd be concerned. Yeah, In fact, be out of character. <laughs> so, once they took out the binoculars, they observed an odd-shaped craft flashing multicolored lights, spinning through the air and flying across the face of the moon. Betty a noted saucer, perhaps. Perhaps <laughs> there was just an alien that walked behind you. I saw that I was like, a little straight bit. up in signs <laughs> when the alien walks out of the bushes. <laughs> just the little blob. Wait, yeah. have either of you seen Scary Movie Three? Because that's whenever mock, that's like the yeah, because the whenever yeah. anybody mentions like I've seen signs, but whenever anybody mentions signs, I think of the spoof that they did in Scary Movie Three with aliens <laughs> yeah. where they yeah. pee out of their fingers. Yeah. And it's just I- like I can't take it seriously. <laughs> like whenever I see signs, I just yeah. immediately think of that, and it's like just funny, not scary anymore. <laughs> that's what my I think it was my dad thought that Scream was a a funny movie because of <laughs> the scary movies. Yeah, that is good. That's funny. <laughs> Um, okay. Betty noted that this could have been a flying saucer based on an incident her sister had years earlier where she claimed to have seen one as well. Mm. What are the odds? <laughs> They're targeting Betty's family. Mm-hmm. When Barney looked through the binoculars, he initially thought it could have been a plane flying towards Vermont on its way to Montreal. 
However, he quickly realized that this was not the case. Without looking like the object turned, it quickly began to descend in their direction. The couple ran back to their car and drove toward a narrow mountainous stretch of road. The hills continued slowly down this stretch of road so they could observe the object as they went. It continued getting closer and closer and at one point the couple noted that it was only 100 feet above them. At one point, the object passed over a restaurant and signal tower on top of a mountain nearby um, and came out near like a cliff face that was called the old man of the mountain. Betty believed it to be at least one and a half times the length of that cliff profile. So that would have been around 40 feet long. And she noted that it was rotating. I do not like it. <laughs> wow. Huh. Eventually, the object began to rapidly descend on their car once again. Barney stopped in the middle of the roadway. The object hovered at about 80 to 100 feet above them in front of their car. Barney said it reminded him of a huge pancake. <laughs> there. Now I'm hungry. Wait, are we, are we sure this was an alien abduction and they weren't just like tripping on acid or something? <laughs> like cloudy with a chance of meatballs. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> they stopped at a diner. <laughs> um, he got out of the car with a pistol and moved closer to the object. As you do. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Looking through the binoculars again, he saw what he said were eight to 11 beings in uniforms looking out at the windows. He said that at one point, all of these beings moved toward an open hallway in the front of the craft. One of them stayed at the window and told him, stay where you are and keep looking. He tried to raise his pistol, but found that he could not. The being told Barney to put his binoculars down. Barney then described what sounded to me like the craft was attempting attempting to make some sort of like landing in front of their car so, oh god i hate it <laughs> so they were speaking english yeah so they get in, i get into that again later that at one point they were able to communicate with them but they were also speaking like a whole other language that they guess they couldn't understand mm. oh i don't like it i don't <laughs> like it <laughs> interesting as the aircraft got closer barney tore the binoculars from his face and ran back to the car frantic and hysterical he was quoted saying they're going to capture us as the object moved directly above their vehicle barney drove away as fast as he could and told betty to look out the window and watch the object as she did this a loud beeping began coming from their trunk the two would later say it sounded like the beeping was bouncing off the trunk the car began to vibrate and the couple said that they started to feel a tingling feeling throughout their bodies. It was at this point that they lost consciousness only to come to at the same beeping sounds nearly two hours later and 35 miles down the road. Oh my God, wait, that was, that was a lot. Yeah. So they woke up in their car. Yes. 35 yeah. miles down the road. Two hours later. And t- yeah, two hours of missing time. After they had no control over their bodies because of the alien mind games. Yes. Oof. <laughs> Did they so, have clothing on? Yes, they, they still had their clothes on. They had their okay. clothes on. <laughs> Do the aliens wear clothes? They said they had like gray uniforms. Or they were gray and they had uniforms on. 
I think that's what it was. Yeah. I'll just oh. picture it. I know. I'm so sorry. I keep interrupting, but the, okay. in Spice World, those. That's what I'm just picturing right now. That's who they were, actually. <laughs> Surprise. Do you know how to get to the Spice Girls concert? <laughs> <laughs> okay. So they couldn't fully remember what happened the past two hours but they recalled making a sharp unplanned turn and stopping at a roadblock and seeing like a fiery orb. And that's all they could remember, like very out there, not sure. So when Barney and Betty arrived home around dawn, they said they felt some odd sensations and impulses they couldn't explain. Betty's dress had been torn. She insisted on keeping their luggage by the back door and would not bring it further into the house. The watches they were wearing that night never worked again. Ooh. Barney said the strap on his binoculars was torn and that his dress shoes were scraped up. He also experienced some soreness on the back of his neck and felt the need to investigate the lower half of his body. Although when he did look, he didn't see anything unusual. Because I've heard some weird probing yes. stories. Yes, yeah. Yeah, I was fully prepared to hear a lot of that in this, and I, I didn't. Um, I did hear some stuff, but not as creepy as some of the other things I've heard. <laughs> so confused, the Hills tried to piece together the time missing from their memories to no avail. Later, Betty went to her closet to observe the dress she had been wearing that night. In addition to being torn, there was a pink powder on it. She hung her dress on the clothesline outside, and the powder blew off. After realizing the dress couldn't be fixed, she decided to throw it away, but eventually she returned to the garbage and put it back in her closet. Weird. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. Barney also noticed that there were shiny circles on the car's trunk that weren't there the day before. When the couple experimented with a compass on the trunk, the needle would spin rapidly the closer it got to the spots, but then would go back to normal when they pulled it away. Wow. Maybe that has something to do with the, the bouncing or that, that sound that they heard from yeah. the trunk. So, I like ooh, it. X-ray. I don't like it. Oof, spooky. So, 10 days after the incident, Betty began to experience vivid dreams that went on for five consecutive nights. She said she never recalled dreams so vividly like this before, and just as quickly as they started, they ended. She did end up writing down some of the details of these dreams eventually. In one dream, she encountered a roadblock and men outside the car. She said these men looked almost human, although they had grayish skin and blue lips. She lost consciousness in said dream and awoke within it, yeah, within it, as she was being forced by two small men to walk through a forest at night. She looked around and saw Barney, and although she did call out to him, it seemed like he was in some sort of trance-like state and didn't acknowledge her. I'm this scared. Was, this was her dream. This is one of her. Yeah, dreams. this is this is her dream. So I guess is it a dream not, or is it yeah, her remembering? That's the question. Something. Yeah, but this was like I guess like five nights in a row she had this dream. The yeah. same dream. Damn. Yeah. Mm-mm. So in the dreams, the group eventually entered the aircraft with Barney and Betty being separated inside. Although she protested, the leader of the group told her the examinations would take longer if they did them together so they remained separated 
A new man she named the examiner entered the room and she said he was pleasant and calm. He ran a series of tests on Betty where he examined multiple body parts, saved hair and nail trimmings and took skin scrapings. In one oh. test, she oh. said, <laughs> she said a needle was inserted into her belly button, which caused <laughs> Ow. I do not like belly buttons. <laughs> I do not like needles in them. Can you see the bottom? Can you guys see the bottom of your belly buttons? I'm not looking. I can't I even hate see. Belly it could be so deep. <laughs> there was this child at the daycare that I worked on, worked at, and they were like, "You want to see my magic trick?" Stop. Sure. They were an innie. Their belly button was an innie, but they could pull it out and they would snap it back in, and that scarred me for life. What is wrong with kids? <laughs> I'm like, I wonder what the doctor. <laughs> I wonder what happened to make him realize that he could do that. Oh, so I don't know. No offense to anybody that has an Audi belly button, but Audi belly buttons terrify me. Aliens. <laughs> They're the aliens. Kyle, why? Yeah. <laughs> wow, Ugh. that uh, that that tapped a memory. Right sorry, right. sorry, sorry. No, Kyle X Y. Oh, Kyle X Y. Yeah. I'd rather have no. But I wish I was Kyle X Y. I hate belly buttons. <laughs> You wish you were an alien. Yeah. <laughs> Don't blame you. Um, so sh- this test caused her extreme pain. And she said the examiner waved his hand over her face and then all the pain disappeared. That's helpful. I know. I was like, can we get some of that down here? Yeah, right. Um, also, I read, like, I don't know what test this was that she said, but like a couple articles said it was a pregnancy test yeah how about just take some pee guy like (laughs) are we way more advanced (laughs) yeah (laughs) so sticking a needle in a belly button is a pregnancy test for aliens maybe that's the way they get pregnant (laughs) pee out their fingers yeah (laughs) and they give birth out their belly buttons (laughs) we've solved it um once the examiner left the room she looked at a book that was left there and spoke with the leader she asked if she could take the book home with her asked where they came from forgot a word (laughs) (laughs) you figured it out i got it the leader showed her a map dotted with stars upon leaving the aircraft an argument ensued the leader then informed betty that she couldn't keep the book and the rest of the group felt that they shouldn't even remember this encounter at all she and Barney were ta- taken to their car where they resumed their drive home. Mm-hmm. And I guess they like came to <sighs> while they were driving. That is freaky. Yeah. I hope they're just liars and they made this up. I don't like it. I mean, you never know. So there's no anecdote from Barney? Um, we'll get into Barney in a second. Okay. He repressed a lot. Oh, God. <laughs> he um, chose not to remember something yeah. was messing with his downstairs and he yeah. was like mm, I don't want to talk lots about of, it lots of probing going on <laughs> soon after that well if a needle went in her belly button yeah, oh, imagine God. where other things would go <laughs> no soon after their experience Betty contacted Pease Air Force Base to report their UFO incident worried about what people would think she left out some details of the encounter Major Paul W. Henderson called the Hills for a more detailed interview. 
After this interview, Henderson concluded that the Hills probably misidentified the planet Jupiter. His report was forwarded to Project Blue Book, the US Air Force's UFO research project. A few days after the encounter, Betty took out a UFO book from the library. It was written by a retired Marine Corporal Major Donald E. Kehoe, who was the head of the NICAP, a civilian UFO research group. Betty soon wrote to Kehoe, this time including all the details that the couple could remember. She also said her and Barney were considering hypnosis to help them recall missing time. Kehoe passed the letter to Walter N. Webb, a Boston astronomer and a fellow NICAP member. After a six-hour meeting with Webb, Barney came to the conclusion that he developed an unintentional mental block because he didn't want to remember portions of what happened to him. He could recall the craft and the inhuman figures, but that was it. Webb stated, they were telling the truth and the incident probably occurred exactly as reported, except for some minor uncertainties and technicalities that must be tolerated in any such observations where human judgment is involved. Hmm. When the couple was interviewed further by other members of the NICAP. Rolls right off the tongue. Yeah, right. Yeah. Yep. Mm -hmm. <laughs> the subject of hypnosis did come up. The couple decided to pursue the route in order to get the answers they had been desperate for. Yeah. Through speaking about their experience at their church, their church about aliens in the 60s. This is adding up now. Yeah. <laughs> they were eventually referred to Benjamin Simon. Upon talking to the couple, Simon came to the conclusion that the experience was causing Barney a lot more fear and anxiety than he was willing to admit. Simon dismissed the story as impossible, but it was obvious to him that the Hills genuinely believed what had happened to them. So three months after their encounter, the Hills began hypnosis sessions. Because the thing that like makes me think like, I don't, they clearly shared some sort of experience. Yeah. Like, like whether it was real or not, like, I don't know what they experienced. <laughs> yeah. Like some, I don't know, something's weird. Yeah. So Simon hypnotized Barney first. When he recalled the inhuman figures, he got very emotional and scared. He said he was so scared during the abduction and the test that he kept his eyes closed which I mean, like, yes, I would also probably do the same thing. Yeah, I don't want to see what's coming. I don't want to yeah. see. I don't want to see that needle coming anywhere near me. No, especially <laughs> near my belly button. Yeah, keep it away. <laughs> um, based on these early responses, Simon told Barney he wouldn't remember their hypnosis sessions until he could remember them without being further traumatized. Hmm. Upon further questioning while under hypnosis, Barney remembered breaking the strap on his binoculars when he was running back to the car. While he was driving away, he felt compelled to pull the car over and end up driving into the woods. Upon entering the woods, he saw a group of men standing there telling him not to fear them. He said the being stared into his eyes with mesmerizing yet terrifying effects. Ooh, yeah. not like that. This is a direct quote. He said, all I see are these eyes. And he said that it felt like they were just pressed up right against his own eyes and he just sees them all the time. Oh no, 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 no. How what happened? What happened to Barney? 
so like how scary is that like I was I'm picturing it and it was like 1 a.m as I was writing this and I was like oh my god oh, so scary yeah like whether this is real or like a delusion like he's he's actually just traumatized no matter right. what happened yeah Barney said that he and Betty were led into the craft and separated once inside he described a similar examination process to what Betty had talked about in her dream Barney said that during this process, the beings would speak to each other in mumbled language he couldn't understand. And when they did speak English to him, they didn't move their mouths and it felt like thought transference. Oh, no. (laughs) And then at the end, they were taken to their car and they got, they just watched the ship leave. (laughs) I don't like that thought transference thing. Um, That trips me out, honestly. And like I read somewhere that like that he used thought transference because he didn't even know what telepathy was at that point in his life when he experienced that. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Makes you think. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Maybe they hear what I'm thinking. Who knows? Oh God, I hope not. I hope nobody hears what I'm thinking. (laughs) (laughs) If you do, I'm sorry about it. (laughs) Or if you do, please don't hospitalize me. No, yeah. (laughs) Yes, I'm always hungry. <laughs> That's what I'm always thinking about. Um, so when Betty went under hypnosis, her account was similar to the dream she uh, talks about experiencing. There was a few differences between her dreams and her under hypnosis, like what the beings looked like. But for the most part, Betty and Barney's stories under hypnosis were the same. Betty, too, experienced a significant amount of emotional distress when recalling her capture and examination. And Simon had to end one session early because she started crying under hypnosis. So when she was un- when she was under hypnosis, Simon suggested that she drew like the star map that the aliens showed her. Yeah. Um, so she did, and her map consisted of twelve prominent stars and three lesser stars that formed a triangle. She said she was told the stars connected by the solid lines were trade routes. And dotted lines were like less traveled stars. What? Yeah. Yeah. So, um, all of this information, all these yeah. belly button tests, trying <laughs> the to get belly button butt, tests. <laughs> the trade routes, star maps was all in two hours. Yeah. That's what they're saying. Maybe they, maybe aliens can also warp time. Yeah, like what is time, right? Like, is yeah. that a thing? Well, like, time geez. is a social construct. We should start <laughs> there. <laughs> this is too deep. I know. Look what she did, Allie. <laughs> I'm going to get you all thinking. Yeah. Next time I'll do a more simple case, just one murder <laughs> done. <laughs> yeah. Uh, like, in all seriousness, like, it's hard with stuff like this because you, you don't know what to think so it makes you crazy yeah like with the other stuff we talk about like there's it's facts it's like yeah law uh, like, meat cleaver went into <laughs> her back like <laughs> like that happened for sure like yeah. this it just has your mind going like a million different places yeah. and it's freaking me out <laughs> <laughs> gonna keep you up tonight you know <laughs> um so simon speculated that barney's recollection was based off of Betty's dreams. He felt this was the most reasonable explanation for what was going on with them. Barney rejected this idea and was ready to fully come to terms with what happened to him. 
Even though Simon and the Hills disagreed about the cause of their distress, they all could agree that the hypnosis sessions were effective because the couple no longer felt tormented by their abduction anxiety. That's good. Mm. Psychiatrists later did suggest that this abduction was a hallucination brought on by the stress of the Hills' lives, specifically being an interracial couple in the 1960s United States, although Betty discounted this suggestion. Yeah, like, I mean, they know better than everyone if they were worried or right distressed about that. There's that thing, um, I know, because I tell my brother and his girlfriend that they are in this, uh, like the folly ado, I think is how you say it. It's like the shared state of psychosis. <laughs> <laughs> you like, tell your brother that, that they're like that? Yes, because I mean, he'll be like, she doesn't even love me. She doesn't love me. I'm like, she spent four, she made 16 TikToks about how much she loves you yesterday. What? what Don't else? you have a child together? Yeah, you have a child. You have this wonderful life. But okay. <laughs> and then she's the same way. I'm like, you follow you do. You're both crazy. You're yeah, perfect for each other, clearly. Yeah, it's like a shared state of like so- psychosis or like uh, delusion. That reminds uh, me of like the alien's back. That's my mom. Oh, she's not an alien. She's so her, cute. Her and my dad are going to church. Oh, that's so cute. She just texted me. I'm, they're going to church, and I'm talking about aliens. So <laughs> we it's love fine. a good balance. Yeah. It's all balance. Yeah. Um, let me see. Oh, okay. So I after think they the- really saw it. I think they did get abducted. I don't know what happened. Like, I could believe it because I do think it's probably happened to someone. I feel like it has yeah. to have. But, like, whatever happened, they fully believe it. And I yeah. think that's the truth. Like, I think they fully believe what happened to them. Yeah. That's all yeah, that matters. I, I believe that they believe it, it's true. <laughs> <laughs> I believe that you believe what you're saying is the truth, but I don't believe it's the truth. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> Um, after their hypnosis sessions, the Hills went back to their normal lives. They talked about their experience with friends and family, but they made no effort to gain any fame from this story, which I think is pretty important to note. Like they weren't looking for attention. Yeah. Four years after their encounter, there was a front page story written about the couple in the Boston Traveler. Reporter John H. Luttrell had allegedly been given an audio recording of the Hills speaking to their church way back when and somehow obtained notes from the Hills confidential hypnosis sessions with Simon. What? That's not cool. Yeah. Come on, Simon. Fucked up. This story obviously launched them into international attention. In 1966, John G. Fuller wrote a book titled The Interrupted Journey about the case with the cooperation of Barney and Betty. Hmm. There was a lot of research into the Hills claims once they gained notoriety. The dress Betty claimed to be wearing that night was tested by five different labs at one point. Astronomers analyzed the star map Betty drew under hypnosis and concluded that it seemed to match the double star system of Zeta Reticuli, which was about 39 light years from Earth. Damn. How would she know this? I was just going to say, like, did either of them were either of them like interested in like astronomy or space or anything not like that, that before I, this not that i know of and i think it was like also pretty important to note like i wrote this like last week so i'm not sure if i mentioned it but 
um, Barney was very intellectual. He was a very smart man. And I think that's why they were even taken way more seriously is because they knew that because he was a World War II veteran. He had a working knowledge of like aircraft and planes. Like, I think that's probably the closest they got to astronomy. But well, I mean, yeah. it's it's nice to know that they took somebody seriously, whether it was yeah. like a murder case or an alien abduction, they decided <laughs> to take somebody seriously. So that's- I just I just looked up a picture of them and I believe every word they say. <laughs> okay, hold on. Now I gotta do that. They are the cutest things I've ever seen. There, there's like this one picture of them on their Wikipedia page, and they're it's like one of those old photo shoots they did, and they just have their little black dog like <laughs> I'm looking at the drawing that they did oh, yeah. the spaceship oh my gosh <laughs> they're so cute oh my god it looks like cute. an ice cream sandwich yeah <laughs> that sounds i thought right it now. was like it's like how i drew teeth like a smile when i was little With the yes. little, they're like little bean like substances in the way yes. yeah. the flying pancake so cute okay keep going yeah sorry okay. oh it's okay <laughs> So the map and the research conclusion were featured in the magazine Astronomy and was later the subject of many opinions and feedback for a full year after it was published, both in support and criticizing it. So obviously, Barney and Betty's Out of This World story was widely criticized. Many compared the Hill story to alien stories featured in fictional television shows and movies, and there was definitely some resemblance between the two. Sadly, Barney passed away of a cerebral hemorrhage only seven years after oh. the incident at the age of 46. Oh. That's really sad. Yeah. Oh. This left Betty to speak on and defend their experience on her own. But despite continuous criticism faced on her own for years, Betty became a celebrity in the UFO community. Hell yeah. Good in the you, UFO community. <laughs> yeah. I, I love that. So the influence of Barney and Betty's experience was on the future. Oh my God. Why do I not like this? The influence of (laughs) the influence of Barney and Betty's experience on the future of reported alien abductions is something to mention as well. Before their abduction, reported alien encounters were often friendly and even suggested that aliens were already among us on Earth. Once the Hill story was widely publicized, these stories seem to develop similar characteristics such as missing time and medical examinations. Even the descriptions of what the aliens looked like in the Hills Encounter would become staples in the genre. The couple's story ended up being the inspiration for television shows, movies, podcasts, and books. Like, I reckon when I was reading about this, I recognized it immediately as being an American Horror Story. I was going to say, this is like the Evan Peters in Asylum, right? Was it Asylum? Yeah, it was Asylum. And then the most recent one. What one was that? It it was a double feature. And one was like, it was like, it it was the other one, Vampire, Witches and Vampires. Yeah. I think it was like Vampires. Yeah. Um. Betty passed away after a battle with cancer in 2004 at the age of 85. She never remarried. (laughs) Most of Betty Hill's notes, tapes, and other items have been placed in a permanent collection at her alma mater, the University of New Hampshire. In 2011, a historical marker was placed at the site of the alleged abduction. Road trip. 
Mm, I, will, I, I mean, it's not that, that far. It's probably right. not that far from us. But yeah, that's the story of uh, the abduction of Betty and Barney Hill. That's nuts. That is well, I would just like to say that um, many people miss this, I think. But like, remember right when COVID happened, it was like the only thing on the news. The government was like, oh yeah, COVID's killing everything. Also, aliens are real. All right, COVID yes. is killing everyone. It just slipped in there. Out. Yeah. Like nobody's <laughs> like, gonna acknowledge that. They were like, this is our time to just like, acknowledge just, that it's real that right in there oh, oh, also aliens are real <laughs> yes yeah. no, seriously like and we're all we all are just like oh numbers are back up oh great yeah like, nothing happened they were like it's the end of time so you can get away with anything right yeah. now yeah aliens are real <laughs> remember the remember the when they were going to storm area yeah, area oh, yeah. is it area of something is it area 51 Oh no, I said area 21 earlier and I don't think yeah. that was right. So I think you're thinking of the area 23, the ad agency. Oh, tell me, I am. <laughs> it is area 51. It's 51. 51. I, I, I put together 23 and 51 and got yeah. 21. <laughs> well, there is, okay. So there's the Morris Plains Dog Park. And when you're driving to it, if you go like this back way, there is just like this weird sign that says 51. Does it say area 51? I don't know, but it's like a creepy path into like the woods. Ew. <laughs> and I always want to go down it, but I never do. And I'll go down. I'll go down it. I'll show we'll you send Rebecca is. and we'll send her with a GPS. So she yeah. gets abducted and a GoPro. Follow her. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> GoPro. Just GoPro me. Yeah. <laughs> go live on Instagram. <laughs> These are my alien friends. We just <laughs> yeah. take me away. <laughs> take me seriously. Take me with you. Seriously, they promise they won't put any needles in my belly button. <laughs> well, the needle thing is excessive. But like I was thinking before, like we do like a lot of research about like Mars and like other planets and if there's life anywhere else. And you're telling me that if we have astronauts that go to like another place and find life, that they oh. wouldn't try to do the same thing like yeah. exam people and right prod maybe not a needle in the belly button but i mean it doesn't even have to be a in history there have been terrible science experiments done on humankind yeah <laughs> human and we oh, yeah. as humans doing it to humans yeah so imagine i don't know uh, do, do you guys think like this actually happened do you believe after seeing it? their pictures i'm like they're so cute i have to just give it i have to be team <laughs> betty and barney I don't know. I I think that they definitely think that they experienced something. Yeah. Oh, without without a doubt, something happened to them. Yeah. Whether it was real or like a hallucination. Yeah, like you maybe know. some exhaust pipes were leaking in their car. They're in the yeah. car for a while. Yeah. They or- said they they did say like, oh, it could have been a combination of overexhaustion and like the pressure of being an interracial couple at the time like that's a lot to like but like would that trigger an alien hallucination I don't know okay. both of them at the same time <laughs> if one of them if one of them was like super exhausted and stressed out anxious whatever and they were like imagining this what are the odds that the other one thinks the exact same thing unless it's like a conspiracy that's a, well that's what they were saying too they were like well they think it's all Betty and that Barney is just like going along with it <laughs> yeah it would it would make like 
it, it would seem less legit, I guess, if either one of them were into like UFO research, like if, if they right. were interested in it before. Right. If they happened. had like a friend being like, listen, Betty's been obsessed with aliens since she was 10. Yeah. Like then I'd be like, okay, she might be making it up. Yeah. And like yeah. the part where she was like, oh, my sister saw an alien. Like that part, I was like, mm, mm. questionable. Yeah. But so my my professional opinion is that one they got abducted by aliens and if that wasn't they were in a shared psycho like psychotic state yeah i mean it's definitely possible because they were doing like a super long drive too after yeah a packed weekend i would think in niagara falls (laughs) (laughs) yeah i don't think they made it up on purpose for attention like but something like I, I I lean more towards the shared hallucination situation. Yeah. Because I don't know if I fully believe in aliens. The so. government said it's true. I oh, must be alien. <laughs> I just feel like it's like like it's almost like selfish to not believe, or it's almost selfish to believe that we're the only. Thing living oh, in the universe. I, I totally believe there are other things out there, but I don't think they're like little gray green monsters that pee out of their fingers. You know? <laughs> no, like, because, yeah. I like, mean, there I might agree. be other people. <laughs> there might be like, like we found like molecules and whatever, like little things right. on other planets. Like, I totally believe it. I just don't think they're like creatures that we think of. I just alien- don't like think- when we think about aliens, I don't yeah. think they're like little gray men in the yeah jumpsuits yeah i would like to think that like if you think about i mean sorry you brought this up a good point where you're like okay well if like there's astronauts that go to other planets and they find life somewhere else like i would like to think that they wouldn't kidnap something that looked like a living being and ran tests on them maybe yeah. they just observe yeah. and report like i don't know if i agree with like fully the abduction stories everyone has but it is possible, yeah. I guess. Like, I won't say it's definitely not real. <laughs> but yeah, I just wanted to switch it up, do something different. Yeah, um, I like that. Yeah, that was good. I'll try to do, uh, I'll get back to our roots next time. <laughs> well, I have, I think I, I'm going to try to do one. I know what I want to do next. And oh, it's this so one you were telling me that you like weren't sure about? Yeah, it's very different from the, chaos that I have covered in the past like different a little happier oh it's happy there's happy parts happy parts does yeah. it end happy for at least one person <laughs> <laughs> well that's better than the majority of the stories that we have yeah that's true that's yeah. true okay say goodbye <laughs> Bye. Goodbye. Resources for this episode include wikipedia.com, history.com, outdoors.org, and astronomy magazine. Desk chair.